I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. The coronavirus, more lockdowns, food shortages. They're really locking us down here, my friends. And uh, this evening, I have a ray of positivity on the line with me. Ray Davis himself of the Affirmation Spot, my co-founder of Six Sense Media. He's going to be joining us in just a moment. We're going to give a little bit of analysis on what we're seeing and what's going on. But more importantly, we're going to put that positive perspective on this and talk about the good that can come out of an event like this. I was just talking to him for a minute, um, you know, before we started the show, and I'm already feeling uplifted. You know, we, we, we have our moments where we're getting caught up in the scary stuff. Um, but once you talk to Ray and once you listen to what he has to say, I think you're going to walk away from this show uh, just feeling inspired and hopeful. And that's our goal for this. And that's how I feel every time I talk to Ray. So I'm thrilled to bring him on the air. Without further ado, my friends, here we have uh, Ray Davis. Ray, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Dennis. Great to be on with you again. It has been too long, hasn't it? It has been. But, you know, we, we, we keep in touch on the side, and that's awesome. But it, it's great to be back on the air talking talking about what's going on in the world again. Let's see how deep the rabbit hole can go. Maybe, who knows, maybe we'll get into some really uh, deep, funky stuff, which is always fun. See if we can connect this Absolutely. to the Anunnaki or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, how's uh, how's your book coming, Ray? Uh, still working on it. So book, book two, as some of you know, I, I published a, a, the first book in uh, 2015, Anunnaki Awakening Revelation, and the second book, Anunnaki Awakening Revolution, I've been working on it for uh, a few years here, and uh, I am making some progress. Got some time to work on it last weekend, and I'm excited about where it's going. But, uh, you know, so many, so many things going on, I get kind of sidetracked at times and don't work on it as much as I should. So That's the, uh, that's the burden of a writer, you know. There's always something yeah. else that comes up, especially when you're dealing with that writer's block. And, and, and I have to say... Um, <laughs> thankful for Anunnaki Awakening. That is the book that sparked our friendship and our relationship. Um, without that project, 
Sixth Sense Media would not be in existence. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And it was an incredible journey to read Anunnaki Awakening. If you haven't read it yet, and you're looking for something to read while you're uh, while you're home on quarantine, check it out. Is it, it's on? Is it on uh, Kindle? Do you have an ebook version available, Ray? Uh, yeah, there's an ebook available on Amazon, or or obviously the, the paperback. Right, right. Um, but Kindle is a, is an instant download. But yeah, I mean, me, I like to hold the book in my hand. But uh, you know, I saw my Kindle sales going up a little bit on uh, on my recent book once uh, once people started going on lockdown. So I guess they don't want to hold any paper copies in case somebody. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, either way, check it out. Uh, Anunnaki Awakening. And we have the links at Sixth Sense Media. You can find it on Amazon as well. Uh, so why don't you bring us up to speed, Ray, on, on what's new and exciting in your world? Well, we've had, you know, 2019 was a real whirlwind for my wife and I. We, uh, as, as some of your listeners may know, we were living in Massachusetts and had, had been living there for about four years. And we started having grandchildren back here in Kansas City and made the decision early last year to move back here. And so 2019 was all about um, you know, selling the house, getting moved back across the country. We stayed in a, uh, a kind of an apartment or a townhome for about seven months while we were building a new house. And we're now in our new house and I'm very excited about it. It's a little outside the city in Kansas City, so we're kind of out in, the, in a rural area, but we're very close to uh, you know everything we need. And um, you know, this, we built this house as our forever house. It's kind of how we're terming it. So we, you know, built it in a way that's going to hopefully serve us long term. You know, I've got a place to write and record my videos and, and do other things that I'm going to be working on. And April has her craft firm, and and you know, so those have all been really positive things. We're back among family, um, and that's been exciting and fun, and spending lots of time with, with our grandkids. And uh, and you know, we had a little sad moment here about a month, about two months ago. Now we we had uh, we lost our our 16 year old lab. And that was kind of hard because she was my constant companion every day. So I've kind of been getting used to that void, but you know, I'm starting to get over that and, and uh, got pictures up all over my wall here. I'm looking at that, that April made a nice thing with her, her crafting abilities and, and uh, you know, just kind of using her. She was a very inspiring being to me. So I, um, trying to draw on the, the strength that I think uh, I gained from those 16 years having her on my side. Yeah, it was uh, that's that's tough, uh, you know, and I'm so sorry about me. I know she was uh, your companion there, um, and that's a tough journey to go through um, dealing with that loss. And I'm sure she's still looking out for you and still there by your side, uh, giving you guidance and support and strength when you need it. Um, Absolutely, you know. I, I can feel it. And, you know, we 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 buried the body at least in, in some land that's going to be in the family for a long time to come. So. Right. Um, We'll be able to go visit anytime we want. So excited nice. about that too. And, and Ray, I have to comment. Uh, 2019, when you made the decision to move, and you moved, you know, from Boston all the way back down to Kansas, where you are, to build your forever home. You guys have been settled there for, what a few months. In the new house? Yeah. Yeah, we've uh, been here since December. Okay, December. December is when news of this virus started to hit in China. Look at the timing yep. of that move. Very sure. You know, I mean, imagine if you were still in Boston, so far away from your family. I just think that's one of those instances where your intuition was screaming at you guys, hey, we need to go back and we need to do this now. I mean, that's just perfect timing that you, you are where you are right now. It really is. You know, I mean, I, I've thought about that a lot over the last, you know, few weeks here that, that, you know, if we were in Boston so far away and... And, 
you know, honestly, I mean, if, if you look at this virus, I think, you know, if we're just looking at an honest assessment of it, uh, where we are is a better place to be than in Boston, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Boston's a very, a very nice city, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of people and they're crowded together often, you know, in places. Right. And I know that's going to be cut down on, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been, I'm glad that we're where we are. I mean, you can get, I'm sure you, where you are, you can get outside, you can go for walks, you know, and, and be fairly isolated, right? Yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're really, I mean, there's a subdivision going up here, but there's country all around us. So, yeah, yeah, we have, uh, we're definitely out in, in nature. You know, I, I talk to my listeners all the time about letting your intuition be your guide. Um, and I, I really feel that. I've been feeling it a lot lately that the situation I'm currently in, so many of the connections and relationships I've made over the past few years through my intuition has put me in the position that I'm in. And it it feels, it's reassuring, it's comforting knowing that there is something that has been guiding me uh, into this, this storm that we're in right now. I really feel that in my heart that there was something that was pulling me into the position that I'm in right now. And, uh, it's, it's an incredible feeling. You know, I really feel the same way. And I was thinking that the other night when we were having one of our discussions on the six cents media group on Facebook, you know, all of those people are people that I met either through you, through my book or through other things I've done online. Or a lot of them, very few people are on that, in that group are like personal, you know, lifetime friends. And yet we have kind of a community there of people who are open to thinking about ideas differently, having discussions and things like that. And I'm really thankful for, you know, it, and there, I think it is, there's no accidents, right? I mean, I really mm-hmm. do believe that everything does happen for some reason, maybe not always the one we thought it was going to be for or why, um, or we wanted, but I think um, there is a reason for that. And I think if, it, if you look around um, now at the people that we have around us because of the circles we've been running in, I mean, I think they're the right people for this, for this moment particularly. I, I completely agree, and it's grounding and it's balancing, you know. And, and I think about how many intuitives and psychics and experiencers over the years have been warning us about an event coming like this. And maybe the, everybody says, "Oh, they're just throwing something at the wall," but I I think that some things are so emotionally charged that they leave markers in time, and I think many of us who are sensitive to that energy we feel it and we know that it's coming we we, you and i have said it on the on the air before it feels like something is coming and i can sit here and say now this feels like the storm that i have sensed for a very long time this feels like it how do you feel about that ray um i totally agree i and i think um not only have psychics and, and, and seers and, and, you know, remote viewers and people like that been telling us this, but you really could look at the way our system has been running and realize that, that there was, um, there was a time where the music was going to have to kind of stop a little bit, or mm-hmm. we were going to be challenged by something. Um, we've kind of been kind of just cruising along. I don't know how to say, and I don't mean that that's negative. We should obviously want the best for our lives and pursue our dreams and all that, but we've become kind of un, um, unaware, I think, of what a film layer, you know, thin layer of, of uh, film kind of civilization is on this world. And I think we're going to get a, a chance here in this situation, for better or worse, to remember that, um, you know, everything doesn't just show up on the store shelf. There are things have to get there. People have to do things to do that. And I think it's going to make, it gets an opportunity, at least, for us to have a chance to, um, to really um, appreciate 
things more than just kind of feeling like it's always there. But I, I think we've seen it, like I said, from a spiritual or psychic point of view. People have been talking about this forever, and I think even people just looking at it logically were thinking at some point, yeah, we're going to have to have a moment where we're going to have to have a, a stop and we're going to have to reassess. And, and I think that moment's here. And as you and I were talking about off the air, I think we can get into it a little bit later on. I mean, there's there's a couple of different ways this can go, right? And and I think either one is possible. So, and, and um, yeah, we, we I can think even get in, we can get into we can get into some of that now. I mean, we were talking about you know, is this the big reset? Uh, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's you know Armageddon apocalypse, but I do think we're facing a, a giant reset of not just American society but global society. Um, and that that's there's I think there's going to be multiple stages to that. The end game I think is going to look very futuristic and techy. Uh, um, but getting there, you know, we might go into the dark ages for a little bit, and we can take that on a thread. Uh, and believe me, I can go I can go dark and, and make it a very dark, dystopian, horrifying uh, journey as we as we talk tonight. But you know, you mentioned. Uh, some of the stuff that you had pulled up, we talked. You talked a little bit about Star Trek, and something that our our friend Cat Hobson had said. Can you can you recount that for a minute? Because it was very uplifting. Yeah. So I, I've been talking about this for a while now. I, I've really been kind of on this idea of you know why why couldn't we have a Star Trek civilization? And this kind of spills over into the politics that's been going on in our country a little bit. You know, it's like why in the twenty first century do we have a civilization where Everyone can't have their basic needs met when we could do that and then have all the freedom to pursue our, the life we all really want um, uh, to the fullest potential and, and all the freedom we would want to enjoy in that. And I, I call it the Star Trek civilization because if you look at the Star Trek series, that's kind of the civilization that the Federation has set up. It's a, a civilization where everybody has their basic needs met. That's not a debate or an argument anymore. And they've been able to do it in a way that it's cost effective. So everybody has you know, kind of like uh, the needs that, uh, that uh, you know, Maslow talked about, right? Your right. five basic needs that everyone needs. Everybody has those. No one has to worry about those anymore. And so people then also have freedom on top of that to pursue the life they want and contribute to society the way that, that is best for them. And, and we don't have that society now. And I'm a little, I've been a little concerned at the fact that people don't seem to even want it or can't get their head around what that would look like. It's like you want to just give food to people yeah why not we can why wouldn't we do that right and so that's kind of this idea that's been kind of percolating in my head for a while and what, what i see in this what's happening now because i think you know ev- ev- everyone in our circles that we've talked to i think is in pretty much agreement and i think probably a lot of other people have figured this out as well that you know if this goes on for two months three months five months six months whatever um, I don't know how many days they're going to leave the stock market open and drop 5% every day. I mean, that can't go on for too many days, obviously. Right. Um, there's going to be, you know, you were talking about food shortages and some of the other things that are the challenges that we're going to face in all of this. The I think what it is is a, is a realization that, this, that the way we've been living, um, the way we treat, you know, the earth in many ways, the way we think about money and possessions and each other, um, isn't working. It's not. It's not giving everybody those opportunities that we all ought to have at this point. I think in our history, mm-hmm. and I think this is a chance for us. You know, it could go. It could go the dystopian way you were talking about. But it could be a chance for all of us to kind of sit back, have a have some time to think about the way we've been going at this, and maybe realize that we are all vulnerable. Because I think 
one of the bigger disconnects, I think, in our society is, is a kind of a vulnerability gap. There are people who um, are vulnerable every day, right? They don't have a place to live or they don't have health care or they don't have food or... And but a lot of us though have a very nice middle class lifestyle, and, and those things don't affect us as much, you know. But I think we're going to realize that we're all in this together. And I think that's a chance for us to kind of um, reevaluate the way we're looking at, at the way our society is formulated. Now, I think part of this might be because I think we are all in agreement also that there's more than a virus going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, the virus is part of it, right? But. There's also, I think, possibly a, a plan to try to do a reset, maybe shift over into like you've been talking about, you know, cryptocurrency or kind of reset the economic thing. Because, you know, we have countries that have these unsustainable debts. You know, all the major countries in the world have these huge massive debts that are more money than any of us could ever pay off. And at some point, we're either going to have to call that monopoly money or we're going to have to have a different system. Yeah. And I think they need something like this, where they've got us all locked down for some long period of time for some reason. They're going to have to come out, and that's when they're going to have to explain, hey, we can't keep the system going the way it's been going. It's not going to work anymore, and we have to change it. I think those are the things we should be looking for eventually once we get past the initial wave of this virus. Yeah. Um, But I think we have a choice in how this goes. Like I say, we can reevaluate, reset, and maybe move our civilization in a different direction, or we can let the the power brokers kind of get in the direction they want to move it. Yeah, and and that's some excellent points there, Ray. And I do think that we are we're going to see that shift in the economy. Um, in, in some cases, it looks like it is going to be a hard shift. But I, I think in looking at some of the developments, things I was talking about yesterday on, on the special report that I did, I think we're going to see some currencies come out that can be used uh, – equally with the, like the U.S. dollar. So you'll have the U.S. dollar that's still mm-hmm. valid, and you'll have this other currency that's still valid, and eventually that other currency is going to surpass, the cryptocurrency is going to surpass the U.S. dollar, and it's just going to fade away and disappear. That's my hope, a best-case scenario, as opposed to just saying the dollar has no value now, and now we're into the crypto market, and everybody's broke, and now we got to scramble and figure this out. I'm hoping that it doesn't go in that direction and i am hopeful that we th- there is that chance um that we can have that gradual transition to this new system and, and with that as we were talking about earlier some things that cat had said um i wish i could pull her post up right now she she had mentioned that maybe this is an opportunity with this reset where people are going to reassess and they're going to see how mm-hmm. uh you know like we talked about how easy we had it and not take things for granted anymore and we can come out and do better now does that mean that that's going to cause us to overthrow the bankers and the powers that be no <laughs> I, absolutely not i don't think that is going to do that um i my personal opinion that's our reality they're there i don't think we're going to beat them right now but I do think that no matter what hand they deal us, we can make it better for ourselves and our community. But the key is us working together and us putting our fellow man before those material needs. Yeah. But totally agree. It's, uh, but I, I, I am of the mindset, and I have been for a long time, that you know, I, think, I think people's fears about that type of a system is more, it's more equal, is that you know, we saw examples in the 20th century of, of systems like that where, yeah, it was equal and everybody lived in squalor, right? What I am envisioning, you know, when I'm talking about a Star Trek civilization, I'm talking about a, a situation where everybody lives in abundance, yeah. not in squalor. Yep. But 
we don't have the inequities that we have in our, in our current society that are just part and parcel to the economic systems we're running. And I think we've seen, you know, it's really interesting, this whole, I mean, UBI went from a crazy idea by this, uh, this guy running for president, you know, uh, a year ago, to now you have Congress and the president actually concerned about sending checks out to practically every American the next two months here. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I mean, that's, that's like, I mean, that was crazy. That, 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 a year ago, that was considered crazier than, than things like Medicare for All, right? That was, what are you talking about? You're just going to give people money. And now, it's interesting. Now we have our government almost lining up to do that. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just, they're just reacting to the circumstance. They don't know what else to do, if that's part of transitioning our thinking. I mean, there's always the chance, right, that, that some of the powers that be are actually benevolent and they feel like they need to move us along, right? Mm-hmm. They need to get us beyond some of this stuff. That's one possibility, but then there's also the malevolent aspect of it. But I, but I, I, I was just shocked when I heard the same news articles yesterday about that, about Trump considering that, and mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell saying, "Yeah, we should do it." And it's like, wow, that was crazy a year ago. Now we're about to do that. Everyone's on board with it, apparently. So. And and I do have hope mm-hmm. that we have administrators out there, people that are running things uh, in positions of power, who. They see the game, and even if let, let's assume worst case, the system is malevolent towards us. It still needs us, you know, but it's malevolent towards us. Um, but I still think that there are probably administrators who want the best, you know, want to do the allow us to live the best life we possibly can given the situation that they're in. Um, you know, and the other night I was out there and I had this vision. I talked about it, I think last week. And I just saw the futuristic society, and it's what you see in a lot of the movies, the tech movies, where you know you have AI that's integrated with society. Everything's clean, everything's electric. Um, nobody wants for ever anything, you know. And and these computers and AIs are are our helpers, and and everybody's happy. Um, as, as scared as I am, and frustrated as I am of some of the the challenges that I think we face with AI, I think there is potential for something beautiful to come out of a crisis like this but we need to be in the right mindset and i think there's people that are out there right now who are afraid and they're angry and they don't like authority myself included but i think we need to choose our actions very carefully because the more people start to push back the harder that authority is going to lock down on them and uh, I think so we need to be careful with the choices that we're making to craft that future. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I really tried to draw a balance in some of the posts I've been doing on social media be- between acknowledging, you know, because there, there, are, there are some people who have taken the perspective. And I, and I will say that there was a few years, 10 years ago, maybe, where I was uh, in this mindset for a while. It's like, you know, if, if it's coming from the government or the media, it's ridiculous. You know, there's, right. they, they lie about it. Now, I, I'm going to fully acknowledge they do lie to us constantly. They lie. You know, I think I posted something that they, you know, lie to us in the war. They yeah. lie about what interest rates are. I mean, I mean, what inflation rates are. They lie about employment numbers. They lie about all kinds of stuff all the time. And we have a trust gap going on here, too, right? Uh-huh. There's a lot of people out there now who have been lied to so many times. It's now like anything they say, they're lying. And it must be some sort of a conspiracy. And it's like, I just had stuck in my head, Dennis, and I haven't really get it out. And I, you know, you and I both believe in, in, in listening to those things. It's that boy that cried wolf thing. Uh-huh. It's like, yes, the media lies a lot. They hype things up. They go for the negative. They do all of that. Some of our, you know, our leaders do the same thing. But what if this virus is really legitimately a threat? 
and and now we've cried wolf so many times. People are like, oh, I, I'm this is ridiculous. I don't believe any of this. Right. And now we're going to have a bunch of people get sick because of that, because they didn't know that the wolf was really at the door because the because the media and the and the leaders had cried wolf so many times, right? Yeah. And that's kind of scary. I mean, because it could be that even though it's true that we're misled a lot, it also sometimes it can be a real deal too. And I just more and more that I'm seeing with this, if you watch what's going on in Italy. I don't know how we can we can sort out how this started later. I mean, right. and that's certainly another discussion to have. Yeah, but there's something real happening, and I think we need to take that seriously. And this story has a different flavor. I mean, I had this exact debate with with somebody in my family. They said, "They said I don't understand why you're getting all worked up over what the news is reporting when you're the one always saying the news lies and not to trust them. They just try to scare people." And I said, and I, I was kind of backed into a corner because I do say that don't trust the news. But that doesn't mean that all of the information they put out is bad information all the time. And it's just from tracking world events for as long as, as we've been doing it, this just had a different flavor. And I'm looking at the reactions of governments to what the media is saying. A lot of times the media put the scary stuff out, but it's business as usual everywhere. This time the media is putting stuff out and I'm seeing rules change the rules of the game are changing all around it and it was subtle at first but then it really started to take hold and then it starts creeping across borders and i'm going this is this is different this is not ebola this is not sars this is something different that has everybody legitimately scared and if they're not legitimately scared then there's a different agenda at play here because the media is being allowed to tell these lies and rules are allowed to be changed based on those lies. Either way, change is coming. Well, and those are, you know, that's kind of getting into the nefarious ways this, this could go, right? Because I think, I think, I mean, I think everyone that's listening just to stop and think about this for a minute. If you really think about this, none of us, I don't care if you're 85 years old, you've never seen anything like this in your lifetime, ever, right. as far as the, the, the measures that governments are going to right now to do this so to me just using logic one of two things has to be true this is a really serious deal and they are you know they're hyping it yes but it's really serious and they're really worried and they're taking these steps or you know you know, like you said they're they're doing this as some means to try to change the system you know this is going to try to shut everything down reset and start over kind right. of. Either, either one of those is possible i don't i don't see any way honestly that um, that this is just um, a hoax, you know. Yeah. I don't think. And I hear people, and I know. I'm, look, I realize that our political divisions are are hard in this country right now, you know. And everybody thinks that this this someone's out to get my guy or whatever. You know, there's a lot of people in, who who support the president who feel that way. And it's like, right, guys, this is not about him. It's not about supporting him. It's not about being. This, against is, this him. is bigger this than is one person. It is. You know, and when I hear them talk about, oh, the Democrats are just trying to wreck his economy to stop him from getting reelected, I don't think the Democrats are controlling 400 people a day dying in Italy. I just no. don't. Sorry. They, so, they crashed the global market. I mean, that's huge what has happened. Uh, this is not just a Democratic plan to, to take out Trump. And, and I think, you know, I was talking about beliefs recently, and that's where our beliefs become dangerous because... Yeah. And, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it, but we take what's happening in the world and we filter it through our belief system. And sometimes it serves us, but sometimes it, it really hinders us. And I think no matter what, uh, number one, whatever this is, 
I'm assuming that this virus is bad because I don't know how I feel whether or not it really is, but if it is bad and there's a potential that it is, I don't want to take any chances of this being something that could really hurt me or the people I care about. Absolutely. I think at this point, given the evidence we have, the information we have, caution is smart. I think being, I think being arrogant, thinking I'll just walk around and get it and get it over with, I think is, is, is foolish at this point. It really is. You know, now there may come a time if Mm -hmm. we start seeing, you know, some of these other agendas being implemented in a way, you know, uh, then we reassess kind of, and again, I don't think that changes the, that doesn't sure change the fact or fiction of this virus. I think this virus is a fact. Yeah. What it's used for, that becomes a whole different thing. And I, I think I posted something the other day that we, we need to be careful because we have crossed a Rubicon here. Yeah. The fact that we now have um, governments who have locked us down once for something, I seriously doubt this is the last time we're going to see this again. And it's going to form a, not only a pattern in our minds that, hey, this is what happens when something like this happens, yep. but it also gives them the impetus and it makes it easier the second time. Yeah, this is We the really new do normal. need to watch out after, the, after this situation and, and, and how they use this situation. Um, you know, we saw some of the around 9-11. There were some really egregious laws, if you believe in the Constitution at all, right. in this country that were passed after 9-11, using that event as a way to get those laws passed because people are afraid. And I, and I think we do have to be vigilant about that after those. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I completely agree. And this is, I think, the difference between 9-11 and now is 9-11 blindsided, I'd say, just about all of us. And we didn't have the tool of the Internet the way we have it today for us to communicate and share ideas. So many of us, I use this term not in a derogatory sense, but so many of us became conspiracy-minded since then and question everything. So as this is unfolding, a lot of us are looking for the angles. We're looking two, three, four, five moves ahead. What's next? Are we prepared for that? And I think we need to be vigilant in that in that aspect in understanding, hey, here are the things that could happen and start brainstorming solutions and ways to address those changes that may be coming. Absolutely. And I, and I, would, I would say that that's me in a nutshell. I mean, I became more, I, I never thought about that way before nine, that way before nine 11. Right. I was, I, I was never in the system the way a lot of people are. They just kind of buy into it. I always was a little bit skeptical in the sense that I always kind of took a different view than most people, but I never had a sense that, there were these ulterior motives at work. But I think we've, you know, we've had 20 years of that. And we had that event and we've had 20 years of history now to look back on. And I think, you know, again, you have to look at things realistically and and there's just no way to say it, but there have been people who have used that as an opportunity to change our country to an extent already, you know, and, and an event like this, that's totally unprecedented. Everyone, you know, being locked down in their houses all over the Western world for who knows how long, um, you know, we need to be vigilant about the fact that there are people out there who do want to use, you know, these things as, as an opportunity to change society in the way that they want to change it. And I think we have to be vigilant in stopping that, but also vigilant with ourselves and feeding ourselves the way we were talking about earlier in, in positive ways to, you know, Dennis, I think this is an opportunity. I just think I deserve, you know, like when the power goes out. And, and that buzz goes away that you don't even notice the rest of the time. But when the power goes up, suddenly there's just that quiet. Yeah. I think this is that moment. And if we take this moment to really think about where we are ourselves, 
where we are as a as a culture here in the United States, and maybe where we are as a hum, as a human civilization. Maybe we could have a different vision going forward of, of what we want. And I, I think this is an opportunity for all of us. It really is. I mean, there's going to be some pain in the interim here, you know, and all of us are vulnerable to that pain, yeah. either for ourselves or people we care about. But there are good things that can come out of this if we steer this correctly. I, I agree, Ray. And, and you know, I, I remember I'm reminded now talking to you uh, way back when I started podcasting. You know, I was doing the Change Cast with Joel back in the day, if you remember, and I was promoting oh, my, yeah. my book <laughs> Service. And one of the things, and I yeah. caught flack from some people for this, but one of the things I used to talk about was how to address a police officer, how to talk to a police officer with the goal of not escalating things for that police officer. And I heard a lot of people, you know, because you know how the anti-cop movement's going now. And a lot of people are saying, mm-hmm. well, they shouldn't act this way. They, And I agree. So not all cops. I mean, I, I, I worked with a lot of cops, and, and I, I was a cop, and I, so I see it. Some need training in de-escalation and in, to be more community-minded. But the point being, uh, they, if you need to understand whether you agree with it or not, the training that a police officer has and the way they will see the escalation of a situation and the way they will respond to that escalation of a situation. Now, we have a lot of people who said, I've had enough of that and I'm going to trigger them and now start basically a war. That hasn't done any good for anybody whatsoever people have died it's it's beefed up the police reaction it's like a hornet's nest you poked the nest and now you've got these um you know more security minded cops that are coming out and yeah there's some community service stuff out there too but my point being in this situation here we can go out and and we can raise holy hell because we don't agree with some of these things that are going on or that may be going on or we can find that balance of coexistence and understand how not to poke the beast, which is then going to in turn get more aggressive and strict with all of us out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's mm-hmm. that Kung Fu, it's that balance. It's just that, that ebb and flow. Don't agitate it. Just find a different way around. It's the path of least resistance and keeping that peace. I, I know, you know, a lot of patriots out there may disagree with that, but we need to be thinking, we need to be thinking about the long game here, not the short term. Absolutely. You know, I think we always need to be thinking about that, but I think at this point, I mean, I, I think I've been trying to get people to, most people own up to the own up to this a little bit if you get talking to them one-on-one. Most people don't like the way things are working right? in a lot of different ways, but... You know, but when you see people go out and vote or you see people um, talk on social media, they don't really seem to either believe, one, that, that, that a different world is possible or they can't get their head around what that would look like. Right. Or it's just, and I don't mean to be mean, but it, it's just too much thinking for some people. Yeah. And now we've had this little upset, you know, and, and we're just at the beginning of this. This isn't, I mean, we're, we're like in the, the front end of this right now. This is going to go on for a while and we're going to have, um, an experience. I mean, we should look at it this way too. I think it's going to be an experience that none of us have ever had before. Certainly, and that, that's always interesting, just in and of itself. But it's a chance for us to to, to understand that, hey, you know what? We can change the way things are being done, and we're going to have an opportunity to do that because I think, I mean, if you look at the things that are changing right now, schools, 
that have never, you know, well, you have colleges, first Harvard, and let's just use an example. Now, I know they have online courses at Harvard. They have for a long time. But a lot of these brick-and-mortar schools have said, you can't get an education online. Well, now they're all going to be teaching their classes the rest of the year online. Yep. A lot of schools around the country are doing this. Um, we're seeing more telemedicine happening. You know, there's, there's a lot of positive things that haven't really gotten uh, a kickoff in the way they might have. Yeah. It could become very um, beneficial going forward because we're going to learn a lot of things about how to do some things that we never had to do before. And that could be all very beneficial to us after this is over. Our, our society is going to take a, a major jump, uh, I, I think, in those areas. We have the potential for that to happen. And who knows, maybe... You know, like like me, I'm I'm a, I'm a homebody. I, I'd prefer to be home. Maybe this will I- increase that industry, that availability for us to, uh, you know, to work from home. I mean, I, and from what I'm seeing with things in, in the future, we're gonna have a lot more people whose income is is internet based, especially as uh, automation. I mean, we're forgetting about the AI and automation piece that's coming online still. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I covered this last week about the the robots that they're using right now to scan people in hospitals to check their temperature to check mm-hmm. them for corona they're going out they're spraying the streets they're cleaning things so we're going to see automation i think come out uh in larger numbers here this is part of that vision that i had of the self-driving car people need to get to, from point a to point b why put a driver in there who can infect somebody when you can have a car that cleans itself and uh, transports you where you need to go without spreading any disease so uh that's just one of my little guesses here but i think we're going to start seeing more of that which would create the need for more people to have their income coming through some kind of internet-based uh, occupation. I think we're definitely going to see that. Well, and and the other thing is, and I, I have to give, you know, again, I get out of the race now, so it doesn't really matter, and he wasn't my candidate, but that's okay. But I think Andrew Yang had a lot of good ideas. I think one of the things that he, again, brought to the discussion that I think we can't ignore now, and it's interesting, we talked about it, I think, off the air. I don't know if we talked about it since we've been on there, but, you know, now we have all of Washington line up to doing to, to do kind of a at least a temporary UBI for most of the population because you know I mean we have people that aren't going to be able to work we have people that are can't pay their bills all that kind of thing and how how they do it and, and it seems to me you know I think his argument was is that the AI and the machines and all of that eventually are going to take so many jobs in our in our society right and, and if you really look at it this, this whole debate we've had for two two or three hundred years between capitalism communism socialism all these things. They're all economic systems, and they're all economic systems that, that one, depend on the value of human labor, and two, depend on, and, and really the difference among them is how the spoils of that labor are split up. That's really how they are. You differentiate right. them. To me, a world where the machines, the AI, starts taking a lot of jobs away from people is an opportunity for us to reorient our civilization around something besides jobs and paying bills. Right. Because human labor is going to get devalued in that. There's just no way around it. And it's going to make all of those, they're all economic systems based on that. It's going to make all of them anachronistic. And we're going to have to center human society around something else. And this is, again, where I kind of arrive with this Star Trek society thing, right? I mean, it's like, what is that something else? And I think what that something else is, is everyone has their basic needs met. And we spend our lives and the freedom that we have to explore who we are and contribute in the way. You know, if, if, if all I am is a poet, but I'm a great poet, and I don't have to work as a janitor all the time, and I can contribute that to society, right? why, you know, why wouldn't society benefit from that? And people say, well, you're, 
no one's worried about, you know, people are going to sit at home and play video games and do nothing. I think people will get bored with that eventually. People want to have some meaning in their lives. Correct. And they're worried that everyone else isn't going to pull their weight in a system like that. And it's like, I think these are like, mind, it's not 1818 anymore. <laughs> well, what? I mean, this technology is coming and I think we can, we can mold it in a way that can benefit us. And you, you, know, you and I have been talking about this for three or three, four years now, this technology and all this stuff that's coming, and we've gone back and forth on is it good, is it bad? And I guess what I'm saying is, is that we can, if we can find a way to turn it to our advantage and make it a good thing, it could be, it could bounce human society for a couple hundred years. Easily. And we need to get rid of these old mindsets and stop thinking so small. And, and what happened after the Dark Ages? We moved into what? The Renaissance. The Renaissance period. And I think we're in uh, the Dark Ages right now. And I think we are going to have mm -hmm. that rebirth uh, coming out soon. And, and the, the way I see it, you know, I look at people um, and they get they catch a lot of flack for it. But these influencers online, people who are promoting products, they have these little, uh, you know, they're doing these one minute clips on Instagram or on, on YouTube or, or even Facebook. Um, they're making a lot of money. And I look at at that the upsurge in people who that's what they do for a living and they make a lot of money with that and then i look at the cryptocurrencies that are coming online you know give me a like and the like equates to you know some kind of currency being sent as jobs go away we're going to see more people who are getting money for that it's going to be almost like i wonder if it's going to be like an entertainment based society find your passion put it out there and by interacting with eat people's posts and content you're giving them money and value because well the machines are doing everything else and that i think that that could have a beautiful benefit uh make for maybe a happier society i can make the argument about well what impact will that have on human consciousness um you know and and, and what's the underlying system beneath that which makes me very concerned but let's keep that out of this conversation and, and say hey there are some positive things that are out there if, if we can navigate this accordingly. Well, you know, it makes me think about it. And I, I think this um, this political cycle, I think we've begun to see a, a shift. And we had some voices that we've never had before. And I think another one of those is actually someone I followed for many, many years. I've read all of her books, used to listen to her tapes all the time, is Marianne Williamson. And she was really making a strong case during her presidential run that what is the cost of stress on all of us? The cost of stress of worrying about if I if I get sick, what's going to happen? The stress of worrying about what happens if the factory lays me off? The stress of worrying about... Now, there are things we can all do in our lives, right, to mitigate that to some extent. We can meditate, we can pray, we can do affirmations, we can, we can do different techniques to try to stay more positive in life. But the fact is, those threats are all very real out there, and they cause stress on people. Could you imagine, I mean... I wish everybody could just close their eyes for like 30 seconds and imagine what it would be like. Now, we're never going to get perfect, right? There's always going to be outliers and people that are problems and things like that, criminals right. or whatever, but, and lazy. But that shouldn't stop the rest of us from moving forward. Can you imagine a society where everybody got up every day and they were so happy and excited to get up because they were doing what they loved and that's what they were contributing to society? Yeah. Now, some would argue that well, you can already do that, right? Well, you can to an extent, but there are limits to that because of the financial considerations that people have in their lives. What if that wasn't a concern? What if we use this technology that we're, it's the kind of the, you know, the, 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 uh, the birth of our genius in a way here 
and and we use that to provide those basic needs, and then we turn everybody loose to be who they are and contribute the way they want. And as long as you're contributing, you're going to have your needs, basic needs met. If you want more than that, if you want the big house on the beach, okay, then go work for that. But no one's going to be without a house, and no right. one's going to be without food and those sorts of things. And we can get there. And I don't see any reason why any would think that that was a bad idea to, to strive for those things. So. This is this is really the more I think about it, even as we're talking, this is a moment of opportunity, and I'm, I'm not trying to like glorify this moment because there's a bad virus out there that we need to be concerned about. But this idea of our society kind of rolling slow, you know, stopping or going to a slow roll here is a chance for us to think about what do we want to be as a society. You know, and, and I want to take this. Uh, I'm going to take this on an esoteric level for a minute, Ray. And uh, you know, I, I come back to. Uh, Bob Monroe's book, uh, Far Journeys. And this is the book that fell lockstep with the work that I was doing. It's, it's in my book, Food for the Archons, where he uncovered the, based on his experience, basically the function of life on this planet was to produce what was called louche. And it was this, mm-hmm. uh, this energy that this system that's created around us thrives off of it's some kind of nourishment some kind of i don't know maybe some kind of currency for them and i found that through multiple sources that does seem like a very strong possibility that this energy Mm -hmm. is extracted from us through our emotional states and it goes through the different levels of purity of it depending on what kind of emotions you're feeling but the premise of my book is that we're induced in the states of fear and suffering because that pulls out a lot of loose from us this this experience right here would be a great loose grab uh you know great uh you know as they're going through this but at the end of that book uh he talked about he went i think he said either three thousand years in the future somewhere into the year three thousand and he had an experience where he was actually there um, you know, he was in a physical, he ended up in a physical body and he encountered these two beings, these two consciousness who he, who he's seen throughout time, throughout history as well. And what they did was they said, Hey, let's go have this experience. And they went into the body of a fish and this fish was getting, and they were getting chased by like a shark or something trying to eat it. And they went to the body of birds and they experienced the soaring of the birds and, and the rush and the fear that they had, um, you know, and they had this conversation afterwards. They said, you, you know, and he said the noise that the, there was this energetic noise during our current time period that was deafening, that we he, you just it was very difficult to get through to experience those higher states of consciousness. He said that noise was gone, so these people were able to go into their bodies, out of their bodies, into other creatures, and and have experiences. They said we still produce louche. But we understand why now. We understand it and we do it willingly now. And it just sounds, what that sounds like when you look at where we're going with AI, where we're going to be merging our minds, and I'm not a fan of this right now, but we're going to be merging our minds with the cloud, with computers, with all that stuff. Are we going to get to a point where we can shed our physical bodies because we understand that process, whether that's through a technological enhancement or that's through, uh, you know, just natural spiritual development. And we can shift between these bodies and have these experiences and those fearful moments because we understand, well, this is an experience that feeds our system, which is actually the construct of our reality uh, and enjoy that process as education. 
I, I, I don't know, but in everything that we just said where our society could go to, maybe that's where this is leading. Good, bad, or ugly, I, I'm not sure at this point, but it, it's, a, it's a unique way to look at things. No, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's hard. And may, maybe, maybe not. It depends on how you look at the world. But I'll, I'll kind of use the, the, the standard model at the, at, for the moment. And we look at human beings as like the penultimate, you know, uh, advancement of, of biology on this planet. You know, we're the we're the top of the the herd, so to speak. And and we can look back in the past on this planet, and we know that that forms have changed over time. And mm-hmm. there were not always people, and there are other forms, and now we have people and that kind of thing. And and biology has been the means to produce that, apparently. However, you know, and and I know this is scary because it is scary because there's a, there's this fear we're going to lose ourselves somehow. But you know, who's to say that that biology is the only carrier for consciousness? Right. You know, maybe there maybe the technology is a way for us to free our consciousness to experience more, be more. Maybe maybe. Um, benefit, you know, our existence and the existence of those around us more somehow in ways that are limited by biology. You know, so I don't think we should turn our minds off to these things. It is scary stuff. And I know we're probably talking about stuff right now. Somebody's going, what the heck are you guys talking about? I mean, right. you know, these are things that, that if, if we don't have to face in our lifetime, then I'm still not even convinced that, that that won't happen. But our kids and our grandkids are definitely going to be facing these sorts of these choices and decisions about how we interact with technology and what that means for the human race. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing yet, but I do know that it's coming. And, and if, if it's going to be, you, we should look at, I think, where it could benefit and how it could be used positively for us, the same way we're looking at some of these other things tonight. C- completely agree, Ray. And, and I often wonder, though, that, <laughs> that this biology is just an older version of this technology. I, I really do, because... Yeah. The way technology is evolving, when you look at consciousness and what they're talking about with consciousness, I, I, I strongly suspect that we are some kind of primitive but advanced technology. And I think that mm-hmm. as humans, some of us are just starting to become self-aware. We think we're aware. I think therefore I am, right? But what does it mean to be self-aware, to know what you are, where you are in space, and, and, and what your existence is? We don't know that. We're starting to question that right now. I wonder if, you know, humanity 1.0 or maybe we're humanity 4.0 is just starting to come online. And what we're seeing now as a result of that is the higher server, the higher power, the higher brain is now reaching out for ways to connect with us in this current reality. Now, I want to be quite clear. I'm not saying, hey, let's embrace AI as our God. You know, this... No. <laughs> you know this this makes me very uncomfortable uh, and I'm not a fan of that but I am trying to keep my mind open in well is this a possibility of our reality whether I like it or not if that's true then I need to understand it so I can navigate it so I'm not sitting here saying hey go merge with AI and, and everything's going to be great I want to be quite clear about that but I think we need to be open to that might be a possibility yeah and you know you, you can go online on YouTube and find some people in Silicon Valley who are preaching that that gospel right now, but yes. you know, I'm, I, I I I agree with you. I don't support that at all. But I I do think we need to understand that we have a lot of holes in our knowledge about who we are, how we got here, and where we're going. And um, <clears throat> which is kind of a segue because as you know, I've shared with you, I'm going to start doing a new show. It's going to be called Bridge to the Future, and I'm going to kind of talk more about those sorts of things on that show. But 
I think that um, the thing is, is we don't, like you said, bi- biology may be a technology. It may have been the best technology that was available to manifest into a reality like this. And maybe that the whole goal of this was in a way to then be able to, you know, advance and evolve that technology to the point where it would take a next step like that. And, you know, while it's fearful for us as, as the creatures we are now, um, and, and again, we don't want to make it make it the new you know, gospel or something. It is it is interesting and it is um, it does hold possibilities for where it could take consciousness in the future. And at the end of the day, you know, I believe, at least my personal belief is that we are consciousness more than we're this body. This yes. body is a thing that we inhabit for some period of time. But there's a consciousness that's us that's behind that that's more than the body. So I think getting caught up and attached to this body is. Oh, a lot of philosophers have said that's not a good idea either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's certainly there. You know, and that's that's a difficult thing for some of us to accept because of our our experience, our beliefs, and our and our worldviews. Um, and that, mm-hmm. but that depends on where people are on, on their journey as well. And I think you know, on any subject that we're looking at, it depends on where you are on your journey. Uh, I've been talking about, you know, for some of us, this experience is going to lead us to knowledge. It's going to give us some understanding. And and for others, they may gain something different from it. It may be a a terribly tragic experience. And and maybe, maybe that's the function of that experience for them right now. Maybe they need to have that horrible, terrifying experience. I hope not. Uh, I hope everybody can come out of this, you know, smarter and wiser, but we're all at different points in this journey. And that wherever you are, I think that's okay as long as you're striving mm-hmm. to grow. I think that's the most important aspect. Is it Tony Robbins? He says, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, yeah. So find some find some means for growth. We're coming up uh, you know, on the end of our show here, Ray. Um, but I, I think that's that's an important message here is that we are growing. And we although we feel stagnant right now i think there's so much opportunity for growth while we're sitting home shut off the news and uh better yourself find a way to do it i think a great way to do that is listening to ray's affirmations um so let me turn it back over to you ray as as we're getting ready to close out and and what are your what are your final thoughts here i think just that we've said it a few times tonight this is an opportunity right now you know it's it's something none of us have ever experienced before It's it's a chance to regroup, reassess, and think about how we would like to see the world look tomorrow. And, you know, we don't have many opportunities. Well, honestly, none of us living have ever had an opportunity just quite like this one appears like it's going to be right now. And I think that while we do need to be vigilant about um, the virus itself, because I think it is a real threat, and while I do think we need to be vigilant around, you know, how some people might use this, you know, some power brokers might use this opportunity to change our society, I think it is a great opportunity for us to work on ourselves and work on a different vision for how the world could look and, and come back to this with fresh eyes. And we're, we, who knows when we'll ever get a chance like this again to really sit back and have that time to do that and not be running the rat race all day long. You're, and I at, think it's yeah. just, it's an opportunity. Let's look at it that way. You're absolutely right, Ray. You know, and I'm reminded of, uh, you know, the Maharishi effect and I reference it a lot. 1% of people meditating and putting out that positive focus is enough to impact uh, events in a given area. Some great studies done in the 70s uh, surrounding that. And, uh, you know, HeartMath Institute talks about the, the energetic heart and how that's transmitting energetic data, feeling emotion, and it's contagious. 
So this is that opportunity. Make sure you're getting in your meditation every day. Make sure you're visualizing, you know, if you're praying, if you're meditating, you're not praying for things to get better. You're in that moment, you're experiencing what it feels like while things are better. The reality that you want to be in. Do that and hold that feeling for as long as you can every single day. And that's how you manifest it. And I think uh, I think we can make a real difference here. Absolutely. If I can add one more thing real quick, Dennis, sure. I think this is important. I mean, you can Google this and you'll, you won't, you won't, you won't get done tonight reading all the articles that will tell you how good it is for your immune system to have a positive outlook on things. I'm not saying think your positive thoughts and go to the grocery store and rub your hands all over the meat counter for, for an hour. I mean, that's probably not a really smart thing to do right now, but I am saying that there's all kinds of, um, scientific evidence that our mindsets do affect our health, do affect our immune system. So don't you know, put your mind on your side. I mean, your mind can be your ally or your enemy in this, and let it be your ally in that. That's a great point, Ray. And, and it's it's so necessary right now because we are being hit, and I'd say in some cases attacked, with negativity, with the way the news is coming up, with the constant death toll updates. Most of us have cell phones, and we're getting those. Put the cell phone away. Even if it's just a couple hours a day, shut off the news. I was telling Ray before the show I didn't look at the. I haven't looked at the news in two days. I still know what's going on, um, but I, I focused on my kids. We're fortunate to live in an area where we're able to take walks and be in nature. I feel great. I, I feel recharged. I feel energized, uh, and I feel positive again. That negativity was just really bringing me down. It, it's like that Ghostbusters too when you get hit with the pink slime. That negativity just consumes you. So unplug, for sure. Absolutely. And, and Ray, why don't you tell us uh, real quick where they can find uh, your content, your books. Let's recap that again real quick. Okay. You um, can find me on Twitter at Affirmation Spot. Um, Facebook. Um, you can find my Anunnaki stuff at uh, author Ray Davis, Anunnaki Awakening, and the Affirmation stuff at um, the Affirmation Spot. And, uh, and, of course, Sixth Sense Media. You know, we've been having some great conversations going on that platform this week. Um, you know, we've got our website, website sixcentsmedia.net that I'm going to start posting articles again on. I've been away from that for a while, but we're going to get that going again. And so, um, you know, those are the places you can find me and always happy to engage in conversation with thoughtful people. And, and those conversations are, uh, are inspiring and uplifting. I'm so thankful for the, uh, for the community that we have now. Uh, so you can find a discussion group on Facebook. It's the Sixth Sense Media discussion group. And uh, Ray's usually leading the charge. You've had some great polls going up this week, too. And, and it just stimulates the conversation. And uh, I think it gives us hope. It gives me hope. And, and it's a nice break from all the scary stuff that's out there. So be sure to check that out. It's uh, it's great content. So, Ray, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show and, uh, and really for just being my friend throughout the years. It, it's always... Uh, been a ray of hope for me and uh, helps to refocus me because i can just get so focused on that dark scary stuff so it's always uplifting <laughs> and i hope my listeners uh you know walk away with the same feelings of, of gratitude and positivity so check out ray's content it is well worth your time check it every day um you know to get that reminder that even in the darkness we can create our own light out there and uh, that about does it for uh, this episode of the Seeker Podcast. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Sixth Sense Media, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning, keep an open mind, and let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Thank you.